Part 1. Article 8. Of Robert's Rules of Order. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Robert's Rules of Order. Pocket Manual of Rules of Order for Deliberate Assemblies. By Henry M. Robert. Article 8. Miscellaneous. Sections 42 to 45. Section 42. A session of an assembly is a meeting. Note, see definitions in Introduction for the distinction between meeting and session. End note. Which, though it may last for days, is virtually one meeting, as a session of a convention, or even months, as a session of Congress. It terminates by an adjournment without day. The intermediate adjournments from day to day, or the recesses taken during the day, do not destroy the continuity of the meeting. They, in reality, constitute one session. In the case of a permanent society, having regular meetings every week, month, or year, for example, each meeting constitutes a separate session of the society, which session, however, can be prolonged by adjourning to another day. If a principal motion, section 6, is indefinitely postponed or rejected at one session, while it cannot be introduced again at the same session, see renewal of a motion, section 26, it can be at the next, Without, it is prohibited by a rule of the Assembly. No one session of the Assembly can interfere with the rights of the Assembly at any future session. Note, any one session can adopt a rule or resolution of a permanent nature, and it continues in force until at some future session it is rescinded. But these standing rules, as they are termed, do not interfere with future sessions, because at any moment a majority can suspend or rescind them or adopt new ones. End note. Without it is expressly so provided in their constitution, bylaws, or rules of order, all of which are so guarded, by requiring notice of amendments, and at least a two-thirds vote for their adoption, that they are not subject to sudden changes, but may be considered as expressing the deliberate views of the whole society, rather than the opinions or wishes of any particular meeting. Thus, if the presiding officer were ill, it would not be competent for one session of the assembly to elect a chairman to hold office longer than that session as it cannot control or dictate to the next session of the assembly, by going through the prescribed routine of an election to fill the vacancy, giving whatever notice is required, it could then legally elect a chairman to hold office while the vacancy lasted. So it is improper for an assembly to postpone anything to a day beyond the next succeeding session, and thus attempt to prevent the next session from considering the question. On the other hand, it is not permitted to move a reconsideration, section 27, of a vote taken at a previous session, though the motion to reconsider can be called up provided it was made at the last meeting of the previous session, committees can be appointed to report at a future session. Note on session. In Congress, and in fact all legislative bodies, the limits of the session are clearly defined. But in ordinary societies having a permanent existence with regular meetings more or less frequent, there appears to be a great deal of confusion upon the subject. Any society is competent to decide what shall constitute one of its sessions, but, where there is no rule on the subject, the common parliamentary law would make each of its regular or special meetings a separate session, as they are regarded in this manual. The disadvantages of a rule making a session include all the meetings of an ordinary society held during a long time as one year are very great. Examine indefinitely postpone, section 24, and renewal of a motion. Section 26. 
If members of any society take advantage of the freedom allowed by considering each regular meeting as a separate session and repeatedly renew obnoxious or unprofitable motions, the society can adopt a rule prohibiting the second introduction of any principal question, section 6, within, say, three or six months after its rejection, or indefinite postponement, or after the society has refused to consider it. But generally, it is better to suppress the motion by refusing to consider it. Section 15. Section 43. A quorum of an assembly is such a number as is competent to transact its business. Without, there is a special rule on the subject. The quorum of every assembly is a majority of all the members of the assembly. But whenever a society has any permanent existence, it is usual to adopt a much smaller number, the quorum being often less than one-twentieth of its members. This becomes a necessity in most large societies, where only a small fraction of the members are ever present at a meeting. Note, while a quorum is competent to transact any business, it is usually not expedient to transact important business without there is a fair attendance at the meeting, or else previous notice of such action has been given. End note. The chairman should not take the chair till a quorum is present, except where there is no hope of there being a quorum, and no business can be transacted, except simply to adjourn. So, whenever during the meeting there is found not to be a quorum present, the only thing to be done is to adjourn. Though, if no question is raised about it, the debate can be continued, but no vote taken, except to adjourn. In committee of the whole, the quorum is the same as in the assembly. In any other committee, the majority is a quorum. Without the assembly order otherwise, and it must wait for a quorum before proceeding to business. If the number afterwards should be reduced below a quorum, business is not interrupted, unless a member calls attention to the fact, but no question can be decided except when a quorum is present. Boards of trustees, managers, directors, etc., are on the same footing as committees in regard to a quorum. Their power is delegated to them as a body, and what number shall be present in order that they may act as a board is to be decided by the society that appoints the board. If no quorum is specified, then a majority constitutes a quorum. Section 44. Order of Business It is customary for every society having a permanent existence to adopt an order of business for its meetings. When no rule has been adopted, the following is the order. 1. Reading the minutes of the previous meeting and their approval. 2. Reports of standing committees. 3. Reports of select committees. 4. Unfinished business. 5. New business. Board of managers, trustees, etc. come under the head of standing committees. Questions that have been postponed from a previous meeting come under the head of unfinished business. And if a subject has been made a special order of the day, it shall take precedence of all business except reading the minutes. If it is desired to transact business out of its order, it is necessary to suspend the rules. Section 18, which can only be done by a two-thirds vote. But as each subject comes up, a majority can at once lay it on the table. Section 19, and thus reach any question which they desire to first dispose of. The order of business, in considering any report or proposition containing several paragraphs, note, no vote should be taken on the adoption of the several paragraphs, one vote being taken finally on the adoption of the whole paper. By not adopting separately the different paragraphs, it is in order, after they have all been amended, to go back and amend any of them still further. In committee, a similar paper would be treated the same way. See section 30.
In section 48b, an illustration is given of the practical application of this section. End note. Is as follows. The whole paper should be read entirely through by the clerk. Then the chairman should read it by paragraphs, pausing at the end of each, and asking, Are there any amendments proposed to this paragraph? If none are offered, he says, No amendments being offered to this paragraph, the next will be read. He then reads the next, and proceeds thus to the last paragraph. When he states that the whole report or resolutions have been read and are open to amendment, he finally puts the question on agreeing to or adopting the whole paper as amended. If there is a preamble, it should be read after the last paragraph. If the paper has been reported back by a committee with amendments, the clerk reads only the amendments, and the chair then reads the first and puts it to the question, and so on, till all the amendments are adopted or rejected admitting amendments to the committee's amendments, but no others. When through the committee's amendments, the chairman pauses for any other amendments to be proposed by the assembly, and when these are voted on, he puts the question on agreeing to or adopting the paper as amended. Where the resolutions have been just read by the member presenting them, the reading by the clerk is usually dispensed with, without the formality of a vote. By suspending the rules, section 18, or by general consent, a report can be at once adopted without following any of the above routine. Section 45. Amendments of Rules of Order. These rules can be amended at any regular meeting of the Assembly by a two-thirds vote of the members present, provided the amendment was submitted in writing at the previous regular meeting. And no amendment to Constitution or bylaws shall be permitted without at least equal notice and a two-thirds vote. Note. Constitutions, bylaws, and rules of order should always prohibit their being amended by less than a two-thirds vote, and without previous notice of the amendment being given. End note. If the bylaws should contain rules that it may be desirable to occasionally suspend, then they should state how they can be suspended, just as is done in these rules of order. Section 18. If there is no such rule, it is impossible to suspend any rule if a single member objects. End of Part 1. Article 8.